Hello and welcome to the Soul Seeking Love podcast. My name is Alicia, but you can call me Leash. Join me each week as I go on a journey to answer life's biggest questions and probably ask a few more along the way. Thanks so much for joining. Hello, everyone. This is Alicia here, of course, (laughs) coming to you as Spiritual Carrie Bradshaw this week. I had a relationship idea, not an idea for a relationship, but an idea about relationships that just hit me tonight that I really wanted to share. And I had a million other ideas to talk about today, and none of them really hit me. So here I am with what I think is I guess what's needed, it's not like I have this gigantic following or anything just yet, but I often choose to talk about things that I feel are just relevant to someone, maybe me, who knows. But here's something that um, I've been working on in, you know, just my general self-work in being single and my approach to relationships in the future, how I plan to go forward and you know, do things differently, what I hope to change, what I hope to use from what I've learned in the past. And I thought about all the toxicity in all my previous relationships and what one of the major things I noticed is one of my patterns, apart from just general um, codependency and unworthiness, which I've talked about, anxiety, anxious attachment style, like that's all pretty obvious. And I guess this is all kind of like lumped into the same thing, but it's this feeling that I need to prove my worth and that I have to beg someone to keep me. It's as if I beg them to stay. And I did this with Mr. Big a lot. So I was taking this book club class tonight, um, about a book I'm reading called Single on Purpose by John Kim, a.k.a. The Angry Therapist. I love his work, and this book is amazing so far. I'm only 50 pages in, but I'm trying to actually read it with the group instead of going ahead like I normally would do. But tonight he talked about how, you know, in trauma bonding, someone asked the question about trauma bonds, which I've talked about as well on this podcast. And this thought process of when we review past relationships, we play back the highlight reel and we don't play back the documentary. You know, it's like our brain is wired to remember the good stuff and we have this remorse um, as to it ending. We feel guilty that it's over. We feel like we did something wrong. Whether we were the one that left or whether we were the one who was left, which I'll get into as well. But basically this idea that we're not playing back the truth, we're playing back what we wish to remember, and that really what we're trying to process is a shakeup of our identity. It's that we're now not a person with someone else. We're not in a relationship anymore. We don't have a partner Our life is not commingled with somebody else's. We have to start to move forward 
on our own and be single and start this journey of coming back to ourselves. And so many of us lose our identities in someone else that we don't even know who we are anymore. And that's 1 million percent how I felt when Big and I broke up, Mr. Big and I. I remember thinking like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do now? And I have felt that way before. I mean, I had dated someone, as I've said, dated, you know, a myriad of of men, not not a ton, but like, you know, a handful of serious relationships. And the man before Mr. Big, I really thought I was going to marry. We had like a bank account together for a savings on a house. Like we put it down. We, we almost put an offer on a house actually. Um, and we had all these plans and life goals together and everything. I mean, we didn't do anything without each other. Oh, well, apparently he did because he cheated on me. <laughs> but, but I thought that we were doing life together. And he certainly acted like he was along for the ride with me. So that did shake me up. But when I broke up with him, I also had lost a job like within the same week. So my identity was like a supreme crisis at this point. And then I met Mr. Big. So I guess the problem was really that I never found myself. And then I met Big and I just jumped on his bandwagon, which is odd because he certainly had nothing hitched to a horse. Like he didn't have a bandwagon to jump on. He was just along for the ride as well. And I think that's why we we were so toxic because neither of us really knew who we were. Um, and I think so many layers of our traumas matched at that point. Like we were just trying to detangle ourselves from our parents and figure out who we were as people, but also from our past relationships. And that just made it all the more trauma bonding. But I, I never really figured out what I wanted. I just thought, okay, I can do whatever I want. And I did for a few months before I met Mr. Big, I, I didn't do anything crazy like go out and hook up with other guys. I didn't actually talk to anyone. I just like spent money on whatever I wanted because I had all this extra money now. I didn't have that house to buy. I didn't I didn't need to use that down payment money, which later in life now I'm kicking myself for doing. But I, I mean, I did a lot of healthy things actually. Um, started seeing a personal trainer. I spent a lot of money on health and fitness. It became a little obsessive to be honest, but I did do some good with it. I spent some money on vacations, things like that. But I I was so, like, without a plan. I was just doing whatever I wanted to do. And I realize I'm going off on a tangent. But basically, I lost myself. I don't know that I ever really knew who she was. I'm just starting the process of figuring it out now. And in that process, I'm learning as I'm dating, to come back full circle to my original point, that when I know I want something... I pretty much know it. And if that person doesn't agree, it's easy for me to move on. Because I'm not I'm not trying to waste well, I should say in theory it's easy for me, but it's really not because I'm still stuck on that pattern. But let's put it this way. When I know I don't want something, it's easy for me to articulate it. And I'm I'm not wasting time with anybody. I'm not dragging somebody along because I was dragged along for so long that I won't do it. And something else that was mentioned tonight in this book club that I was in, we talked about how even if you're the person who leaves, you could have this remorse, that you could feel guilt and you could be harboring shame for the fact that you left somebody. So, you know, it's not just 
a breakup affects both people. And, you know, that really hit me and it stuck with me because for so long when Big would break up, it was always him that broke up with me. Every time we broke up, it was never my idea. Never. And yet I always had to be the one to walk away. It was the strangest thing. I actually hope he listens to this and I would love to hear his opinion on it. And I wonder if he agrees and if his new girlfriend ever hears this. I hope she pays attention because I can probably poll all of his exes and I guarantee it's the same story. He's the one to end it, but he's never the one to walk away. And I think it's part of what we just, what I just said, like how there's shame in being the one to break something. But if you know it's broken, it's broken. You're just pointing it out. So whether you're the one to do the breaking up or to be broken up with, it's really irrelevant. It's broken. If you're at that point where someone is so unhappy that they're voicing their unhappiness, both parties are probably unhappy. I was always unhappy when he would bring up the idea of parting or breaking up or taking a break, but I never wanted to lose him. Like I always thought that there was a way to fix it. I always held out hope. And maybe I was the only one doing that. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming he did to some degree as well, but it just got to a point where he couldn't see it anymore. And I think it took so long for us to really break up was because I would fight. I would fight and I would plead and I would argue the case like a lawyer. I mean, I would vow to be different. And even though he would say, you know, it wasn't all on me, I think part of that got to him. And the the guilt and like just the potential, just knowing that maybe this could be better kept us for so long. So if I didn't walk away, if I didn't leave, if I didn't choose to stay and fight and beg for forgiveness, I mean, we'd still be entangled together. Like, I feel like even though one person is doing the breaking up, it takes both people to walk away. And it was not, it was never easy for us to walk away. And I, I, I guess my question today is like, why, why is it so hard to leave something that you know is not healthy, that you know is toxic, that you know is not working? And still to this day, why is it so hard to remember the truth of it? You know, and I'm not just saying me and this one relationship, but just in general, it's so easy to look back at the highlight reel as, you know, the author of the book, Single on Purpose, John Kim, he says all the time, why is it so easy to remember the highlight reel but not the documentary? We, we remember what we want to remember. We remember the good stuff. We remember the plans. We remember how the picture of our life looked like. And not even the reality of what it looked like. What we thought it was going to look like had we stayed together. And that's why we begged to stay, I think. I think that's why I begged to stay. Because I liked the path that we were planning to go on. We weren't even on it yet, right? We had planned on having a bunch of kids. We had planned on buying a house. We were going to fix it up. We had all these ideas. We had everything planned out. But we didn't actually do any of it. We didn't take a single step forward in that direction towards that path. The conversations around it and the ideas that we had were so sticky. Like, it just felt like this could really happen for us. 
even though it wasn't happening. And that's our mind. Our mind plays tricks on us, man. It fucks with us. It's crazy, really, if you think about it, that we could believe that there's a potential with a person that is so grand and big and perfect that we can actually have it when it's not even happening in this present moment. That's a mind fuck right there. Like, think about that. We hold on to the hope of what could be, forsaking what is. Because we want the happy ending. We want the white picket fence. You know, maybe we don't. And maybe, maybe that's just, you know, me projecting what I want. But whatever it is that we want, we hold on to. Maybe it's not the white picket fence. Maybe it's just someone to travel the world with. Fine. Maybe it's not even that. Who knows? Whatever your idea of like the future, what you want in a partner. It's like we hold on to the idea and the hope of what could be instead of what is. And it's funny because that same exact thing is what keeps us stuck, but also could get us to move forward. Because when I knew that it wasn't going to be him, when I realized that the future wasn't aligning with the present, that nothing we were doing in the present moment together between Mr. Big and I was ever going to move forward into the direction of what I had hoped it would to, it would be, once I realized that, it should have been easy for me to break up with him. I should have saw, okay, it's been six years. He still hasn't proposed He had made mention of a promise ring, which I thought was such an insult at 30 years old. Yeah, I was 30. It was right after my 30th birthday. He said he was going to give, he did give me a promise ring. It was basically like an engagement ring, but not, but not. It was like, I do want to get engaged, but not now. So I'm going to give you this. And I was like, we're not 18. This is crazy. Why would you give me a promise ring at 30 years old? It was absolutely ridiculous to me. So that caused the whole fight. And like that created another breakup, I think. And then eventually we got back together, of course. And I said, you got to give me one of these three things. I need us to live together, us to get married or engaged, or we have to have a baby. Like I need something. I need something that's putting us in a forward direction to fulfill one of our plans because we wanted to have a lot of kids. We wanted to live together. We wanted to do all these things. I was like, we have to pick one and let's go. Like we don't have to do them all at once, but just pick one. And he couldn't. He didn't want to. So at that point, I should have known better. I should have said, okay, well, I still want these things. So if he doesn't want them right now, I have to go. That's it. Because the future is never going to happen. It's never going to come to fruition if nothing in the present moment is bringing you into that reality. And that's where I got stuck. And this is still where I get stuck to this day. And honestly, just me saying this out loud is helping. But I held out the hope that one day he would change his mind. I kept waiting. Because we kept talking about this picture in our heads of this future. And it was exactly what I wanted. It, it still is. It's just that it's not with him. But he agreed with me. And I don't know if he really did or didn't, or if he just wanted to make me happy and appease me, I'm not sure. I can't ever be sure. I'm not him, but he said he wanted the same things as me. And I just kept thinking one day something will happen. 
one day. But every single day for six years, none of those things happened. None of them. So why do we beg to stay in something that we shouldn't be a part of? Or that we know is not serving us? Or that we know is just not what we want? If the picture in your mind doesn't align at least a little bit to what's going on in your life, what are, what's the holding out of hope for? And why do we feel the need to validate ourselves to someone else? If someone can't see your worth, don't convince them. If you have to convince them, I mean, that's crazy. That's, that's just, I, I have done that my whole life and I stopped this year. I have absolutely stopped. I have, and I've, I've lost quite a few people in my life. And it's not that I don't care. It's not that I don't miss them. But I just, I'm not going to accept someone calling me a bitch, someone calling me selfish, someone calling me fat or ugly or mean. If you think that about me, sure, you might be right. You might have that truth, that perception of me. I might have been that way to you in some point, in some way, shape, or form. But if that's all you think that I am, and you can't see past my flaws, and there's nothing good about me that you are able to notice, or that you want to be a part of, then I don't want any part of you either. Like, that's just how I've been. And I've, I've been cutting people out left and right. Not forever. Some In some cases, I've cut people out for periods of time and then went back to them but I just I'm so done with over explaining myself and that's it's a huge uh, trait of codependency and that feeling of unworthiness that we we need to be like productive we need to prove ourselves to other people we need to say like hey I'm worthy I'm I'm useful to you please don't leave me when really We should be able to stand on our own two feet. We don't need anybody to stay. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. I've gotten entangled and enmeshed with people who just don't serve me. And I I can't do it anymore. I, I literally have no energy. There's so much other stress in my life that it was just taking up too much time on my plate that I... I didn't even purposely do it. I started doing it slowly and then realized, okay, this is a conscious decision now. I'm done. I'm no longer fighting for people who aren't going to fight back for me or who are only fighting with me. If there's only arguments to be had, I can't. I have no more energy for arguing. And I didn't think that way with Mr. Big. And I don't normally think that way, but it's a major flip of the switch. It's major. It's a total pattern shift for me. And I wonder if there are a lot of people out there feeling this way. Because we get stuck in this loop where we're fighting to prove how good we are to someone else. If you know you're that good, you shouldn't have to prove it to someone. They should know it too. And if you know it for yourself, then good. Know it for yourself and continue to be that version of yourself. But don't Don't try to go out of your way to make other people see it. If you are embodying that picture in your head of who you are, other people will see it. Just like I said before, if the future plans of you and another person 
are aligning, then the present will start to shift to look like the future. So it's the same thing. If you think you're a good person, if you think you're someone who's worthy of another person's love, embody that. Be that person for yourself, by yourself. And I think I've done a really fucking good job of becoming that person. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be, nor will I ever be. And I've definitely done wrong things, and I've been a bitch, and I've been mean, and I've said horrible things to people, but I have always tried to apologize or make amends with those people, and if I haven't done it all, then again, I'm not perfect, but I know that I'm better than I was before, and that's all that matters. To me, that's all I need. Because I see my own progress. I'm living my life day in and day out. And it's tough with someone when you're in a relationship because you want them to be in the day in and day out. You want them to be there all the time. Or just or best friend. It's really hard to lose that person that you talk to day in and day out. But if they are and they can't understand your point of view without you having to explain your worth or why you are a certain way or aren't a certain way, then it's just it's not worth it. What someone on one side or the other is is not telling the truth with themselves or with you. Like in the case of Mr. Big and I, because I love to use this example of him and I, because it's so like we are that relationship was the epitome of a trauma bond and a toxic relationship. Like if you look in the dictionary, it's spiritual Gary Bradshaw and Mr. Big. Like him and I were the fucking epitome of it. So I love to use these these examples and I don't mind it at all. I know he doesn't either because I know he learns from these examples as, as well. But I, I think, you know, we weren't being truthful with ourselves and then in turn not with each other. Because I knew I wanted all the things that I asked him for. And I was afraid. I was acting out of fear by saying I'm too scared of losing you and thinking that I might not ever have it. So I'll, I'll just stay with you and forfeit my dreams Instead of going and finding them. Whereas he. He knew that he still wanted those things. But he knew he didn't want them with me. And I think on some level. I don't know that he really knows what he wants himself. So I don't think he was being truthful with himself. Was his bigger issue. Like. Like I don't even know that he's. Fully aware of who he is as a person. Alone. Because he's never truly been alone. To be honest. But I'm not you know. This is just me speculating, and I don't want to point fingers, but that's just what I think. And I think for me, I have been alone for so long, and I've done so much by myself, and I've lived my whole life without much help from others to the point where I don't even know how to ask for it. And then when I do, I feel guilt. I feel shame. It's it's crazy. It's it's codependent. Um, it's codependent, but it's also like... It's interesting because it's like I need other people, but I won't admit that I do. There's a pride there. Yeah, and I don't even want to get into that. That's like a whole other thing. But basically, I was not being truthful with him and saying like, this is a boundary of mine or like this is what I wish to happen. And if you're saying we're on the same page, then let's be on the same page. And I didn't hold my ground. Instead, I begged and pleaded 
and tried to become someone that I wasn't for him when he didn't even really know that it wasn't me. Like, he didn't really understand why he was breaking up with me. Like, he just got fed up and would just end it, and I would fight and cry and scream and sometimes literally beg on my knees pleading for forgiveness for something I wasn't even really sure of what I was doing. So it was really, it was really insane, but yeah, I don't want to talk too much longer on this. I just want to to ask these questions. Like, why do we feel the need to stay? Why do we feel the need to prove our worth to other people? Why do we fight for something that's, that's over, that's done? If you're at the point of fighting for for not, I'm not saying fighting for a relationship or fighting for another person. Like, yes, arguing in fights can be a good thing if there's communication involved, not just screaming and yelling. I'm talking just screaming and yelling to the point where you're only trying to prove that you're worthy to someone else. If you're at that point, you need to really fucking evaluate what's going on. You, you need to really evaluate what you want and if you believe all these things about yourself. Because if you don't and you're not embodying that worthiness, those characteristics of what makes you worthy, then there's no need for you to explain it to the other person. You're not it. You're not doing it for yourself. And you're not doing it for them then. We, we have to show up in relationships, every single relationship, as our best self. But in order to do that, we need to do it for ourselves first. We need to be the person that we say to everybody else that we are. We have to do that. And somehow, that's fucking impossible sometimes. It's really hard. We say that we're all these things, but it's just our potential. It's what we wish to be and not what we actually are. So why don't we focus on that instead of focusing on the fighting? Instead of focusing on the begging and the forgiveness and the pleading to stay? Why do we fight for the relationship instead of doing the work on ourselves? That's where the fight should be placed. That's where the work needs to be done all the time on us. We are a never-ending project. The second that we breathe air into our lungs, that is our job. To keep ourselves alive... I mean, in the first few years of life, it's your parents. But then after that, it's your own job to keep yourself alive and to continuously better yourself, work on yourself. This, this is all you get in life is your body. Yeah, you might acquire some riches or goods or things or people along the way, friends. You might have some experiences, but you start in this body and you die in this body. You take none of it with you. Literally, the body is all you have. And the mind is part of the body. The heart is part of the body. Your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts. That's all you can control every single day. That's what you get to focus on every single day. That is the fucking work. I couldn't make it any more clear. If this is the only podcast I ever record for the rest of my life, that's it. That's all you need to know. We have one job. Us. That's it. Nobody's going to fix us. Nobody's going to save us. And nobody's going to fight for us. We have to do it. Somebody could say they're fighting for you. But really, they're fighting for you to see what they see in themselves. 
And you have to be that first. Whew. I didn't plan for this to be almost a half hour, but here we are. Typical Alicia. But I want you to think about what you're really fighting for, why you're begging somebody to stay. If you're trying to prove your worth to somebody that isn't really there, maybe they're not present with you either. Maybe you're not really present with yourself. Ask yourself these questions. And who am I really? What do I really want? And why are you begging to stay? I love you guys so much. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I really hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you did, of course, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend. And of course, I'll see you again next week. Thanks so much and take care.